0: We sing hallelujah, the Lamb has overcome. Let me ask you a question. Do you enjoy a mystery? A mystery? My wife watches on television all the time. Mysteries. She loves mysteries. How about you? I looked up some of the top unsolved mysteries. Of all time. There's Stonehenge, for example. Uh, the biggest mystery I- isn't how it was created, but why. Then, how about the Roanoke colony? Think of it this entire colony of 90 men, 17 women, 11 children disappeared without a trace. To this day, it's an unsolved mystery. How about the Bermuda Triangle? Large, huge ships, airplanes have disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. Uh, Nothing, no debris, no life jackets, no trace, an unsolved mystery. Jack the Ripper, to this day, the identity of Jack the Ripper remains an unsolved mystery. Amelia Earhart in 1937 She was going to be the first woman to circumnavigate the entire planet. She was just within 7,000 miles of her goal. And her and her navigator, Frederick Noonan, disappeared without a trace. An unsolved mystery. Jimmy Hoffa, need I say more? Unsolved mystery. Almost every summer they think they have found the body. It remains a great unsolved mystery. Malaysian airline flight 370 left Malaysia for China about a month ago with 239 people aboard. Then lost from radar. Yes, they've picked up a ping And now a a second ship has picked up a ping from the black box, supposedly. But right now, we don't know if it was a mechanical failure, a hijack, or or a, a suicide situation. Malaysia Flight 370 remains an unsolved mystery. Before us this morning stands a mystery. I submit to you, this is a far greater mystery than the pyramids or or, or stone the Bermuda Triangle. This is far greater than any other unsolved mystery. The mystery begins in Genesis chapter 3. To Adam, God said, because you ate fruit from the tree, about which I commanded you. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. Say it with me. It will produce thorns. This morning I present to you the mystery of the thorns. You could feel the excitement in the air at this local florist shop. If you'll put the light on the florist shop, please. Thank you. Not only could you smell spring in the warming breeze, but it was the Easter season. The season of fresh beginnings. New life. Yet, for one young woman by the name of Sandra, walking almost mechanically up the walk, leading to this florist shop today. It's the icy winter of the soul. Sandra felt as low as life could possibly take her as she entered the florist shop, taking in a flower's fresh fragrance. It pulled her memory back to a time when life had been like a spring breeze. Just a year ago, her husband had landed a brand new high-paying job. By summer, they had moved into their new house, a dream house. And with the new house (laughs) had come something even better. They were going to become a family. Sandra was going to be a mother. She was going to have an Easter baby. But as Sandra turned towards the shop window and looked out at the season of spring, her soul felt like the falling of autumn leaves. Everything that could go wrong had begun to go wrong in in Sandra's life. Seemingly overnight, her husband's company went bankrupt and he was left standing in the unemployment lines. This made their dream house become a, a nightmarish money pit with foreclosure winking at them right around the corner. But their nightmare was only beginning. You see, as winter winds began to blow, Sandra was driving the slick roads one night. She saw the light, she saw the light go red. She stopped at the traffic light. But the drunk driver behind her didn't. She came to in the emergency room. And she heard the
1: doctor's
0: soothing voice.
1: Young lady, you're very fortunate. You're going to be alright.
0: But his next words would be forever etched on her heart.
1: But I regret to tell you, Sandra, the surgery that saved your life will prevent you from ever conceiving again.
2: But my baby! What about my baby?
1: I'm sorry to inform you, but you've lost your baby.
3: Good morning! I'm Jenny, the florist here. How can I help you? Oh my goodness, are you okay? Oh, I'm fine. It's just a cold. Um, I need an arrangement. Would you like one of our regular arrangements? or I'm kind of thinking that you would really like to have our Easter special. You see, it's a customer favorite, and I believe that flowers tell stories, and our Easter special conveys spring, new beginnings, new life. Would you like to try it?
2: What's your name, hon? Oh, not exactly. I'm Sandra, but this year it's
3: gone from bad to worse. Well, Sandra, I think our Easter special is the perfect arrangement for you. Oh, would you excuse me for a moment? Oh, hi, Bob. I'll get your order for you. Thanks, Jenny. How do you like it?
1: Oh, they're perfect. (laughs) Awesome. You'd think after uh, three years of getting the Easter special, I wouldn't get so choked up, but... I can still feel it right here.
3: Um,
2: are you ordering thorn stems without the roses?
1: Yeah, uh, Jenny here cuts off the roses. That's the special. She calls it the Easter thorn bouquet.
2: (laughs) Come on, you can't be willing to pay for that.
1: (laughs) Well, let me explain. Three years ago was the worst season of my life. I had just lost my father to cancer. My business was failing. My son was experimenting with drugs. And my wife was facing major surgery. And I was bitter. I wasn't just bitter about my circumstances, but I was bitter at God. I kept asking God why. But then Jenny here told me that just like roses, we all have thorns in our lives. And I realized you know, God hasn't promised us trouble free lives. But he has promised to be with us during our troubles. So instead of staying bitter, I decided to get better by trusting God like I never had before. And you know what happened? He became the provider of our finances, the healer of my wife, and the savior of our son.
2: So I get the first year, but why every year after that?
1: Well, I, I get the uh, thorn bouquet every year because I thank God for my thorns. And it's a reminder to me, you know, without the thorns, I wouldn't trust God like I do today. I've learned you can't have roses without the thorns. All right, I got to get going. I'll see you next year, Jenny. All
3: right, bye-bye.
0: Did you hear what Bob said there? God allows troubles. God allows allows thorns to come into our lives. Why? For greater relationship with Him. For greater faith in Him. For greater glory to God. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I was given, what? A thorn in my flesh. Paul went on to say three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness life's trials life's troubles life's thorns Help us to know the Lord better. You know, I I feel sorry for people that never have any problems. How about you? I, I feel sorry for people that have never had any trouble. Trials. Because life's trials, the thorns, help us to know our God better. If it wasn't, for our financial storms we would know him as Jehovah Jireh the Lord our provider if it wasn't for our our health problems our our health thorns we would know him as our healer if it wasn't for the very thorns that come from hell itself we would know our Lord as our mighty warrior Our great deliverer, our king of kings, our our lord of lords. But, Pastor, Pastor, the very idea of God allowing thorns, troubles to come into our lives, that, that sounds so cruel of God. Is it cruel for a teacher to give tests, exams? Is a teacher being cruel when he or she does that? Is it cruel when the coach tells his team to take an extra lap? The teacher does it so that the student might become smarter. The coach does it so that the team can get stronger, more victorious. God allows thorns to come into your lives into my life to produce a special kind of faith. The Bible calls it persevering faith. I like calling it bulldog faith. Can you say that with me, like a preacher? Bulldog faith. Bulldog faith. Bulldog faith is when you hunker down onto the person and the promises of God. And you keep trusting God and His Word no matter what. No matter the storms of life. You're holding on. And you just won't let go. You're holding on to God's Word, to God's promises. You're holding on to the very person and the presence of God. Let me ask you a question. What's the difference what's the difference between a lump of coal and a diamond pressure 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 the difference is the trouble the trials that that diamond endured to become so very Precious. So costly. Costly for a diamond. Just ask my son Jonathan. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter said, and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, these trials, or thorns, are only to test your faith. To see whether or not it is strong and pure. It is being tested. As fire tests gold and purifies it. And your faith, your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried in the test tube of fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day of His return. I want to share a story with you. The year, the year was 1882. A story, it's a true one. Louisa Stead, her dear husband, Mr. Stead, their daughter, Lily, Stead. Everything was going right for them. It was the springtime of their life. Everything that was good or possibly could be good was going in their direction. One day they decided to have a picnic on Long Island Sound. Oh, they spread out the blanket. They spread out the food. But while they were eating and enjoying Family togetherness. Mr. Stead. The family all of a sudden heard the screaming and the cries of a boy that was drowning. Mr. Stead ran out into the water. He plunged into the waves of Long Island Sound to rescue the boy. But the nightmarish thing happened. Both husband, dad, and the boy drowned. Louisa and Lily were left impoverished. They were left destitute. Penniless. When the money ran out, the food, the groceries ran out and Louisa the mother didn't know what to do but God's people knew what to do and they began to leave groceries foodstuffs on the front porch the church began to bless Louisa and Lily and meet their desperate desperate need and that's what the church ought to do that's what the church needs to be the nightmare the nightmare began to have some light that began to pierce the darkness as Lily the daughter and Louisa the mother began to see the hand of God Working through people to reach people for his glory. That night, as Louisa prayed over little Lily, the Spirit of God quickened her as she began to know that she knew that she knew that she knew that God was going to provide somehow, some way. And it was that very night. That Louisa penned the words to the hymn that you know so well. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus.
4: It's so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take. To rest upon his cross, just to rest, the bond is Just to
0: That's a word for somebody here this morning. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. It was just yesterday afternoon that a dear soul from this church pulled up in my driveway. And their whole world has come crashing down. And for an hour I counseled them and I just kept saying, I don't have all the answers right now but I know this God is good God is good God is good trust him don't let go of him tis so sweet to trust in who Jesus trust him he'll never let you down he won't troubles Trials, (laughs) thorns, listen, they can make you bitter, or they can make you better. Remember what the Bible says, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, And we know that in some things, no, in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. John sixteen thirty three. Jesus said, In this world, you will have trouble. I'm so glad the verse didn't end there. Because then Jesus said, But take heart! Be of good cheer! I have overcome the world. God hasn't promised to keep you out of trouble. God has promised to be with you in whatever trouble comes your way. So when, when the thorns of life come, exercise bulldog faith. Keep trusting the Lord no matter what. And like Louisa and Lily, you know how their story ended up? They became missionaries in South Africa and they impacted an entire nation. Keep trusting like them. And one day, one day, you also will hear the applause of heaven.
3: Oh, hi, Steve. How are you today?
5: I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Uh, my wife sent me down for the usual Easter special, yes. 12 thorny stems.
3: There you are. Um,
2: those are for your wife? Uh, don't mind me asking, but why does she wants something that looks
5: like that? Oh, I don't mind you asking. In fact, I'm glad you did. These thorns, they remind me of all my faults. You see, several years ago, my wife and I, we nearly got a divorce. Uh, my drinking had become uh, lunchtime drinking, dinner drinking. I thought I could control it, but it was controlling me. I lost my business, my reputation. I just about lost my wife and kids.
2: So how did you deal with
5: it? Well, Jenny here, she told me about Jesus. She told me how, how Jesus could take that addiction from me. She told me that all I had to do was confess my faults to him, my thorns, and that he could save me. He did just that. He did just that. In fact, he looked beyond my faults and he saw my needs.
6: Amazing grace Shall always be my song of praise For it was grace that bought my liberty I do not know Just why He came to love me so He looked beyond my faults and saw my need. I shall forever For my falling soul, he looked beyond my fault and saw so my name. I shall forever. you the cross where
0: Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that He looked beyond our faults? He looked beyond our thorns. And He saw your need. He saw my need. Thorns, thorns remind us that despite the flaws, the failings, the faults, the thorns in your life. That God is in the restoration business. Amen. Joel chapter 2, verse 25 in the Bible says, I will restore. God will restore to you the ears that the locust hath eaten. Do you see what the Lord promises? The Lord promises to be the God of another chance. The God of another chance. My son, as I talked to him late last night and how his proposal went, his engagement proposal, uh, when she turned around from the tree that had etched upon it, Taryn, look behind you. When she turned around, he was supposed, he had planned, to be bent down on one knee. Instead, he said, Dad, I was squatting. And then, Dad, i when I opened up the ring box, it was upside down. And then, Dad, when I went to put the ring on her hand, I put it on the wrong hand. I put it on her right hand. Everything, I I was so nervous, everything I planned, it went wrong. And I said, well, at least you weren't like my proposal to your mother. Your mother told me no the first time I asked her to marry. (laughs) Maybe you didn't know that, don't tell on me, she gets mad when I share that. (laughs) Hey, we all make mistakes, amen? We all make mistakes, amen? But listen, God doesn't disqualify you. He doesn't disqualify you simply because you've failed, because you've blown it. You have maybe you missed Plan A, God's plan A for your life. I want you to know that He's got a plan D, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. No matter how much you've messed up, no matter what is in the past, I want you to know that God will always find a way to get you to the goal that He has for you in your life. Look at God's record of how He's restored people in the Bible. Rahab. Go ahead and read her story. She was a prostitute. But God used her to save an entire nation, the nation of Israel. Look at the story of David. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. And then he murdered her husband so that he could marry her. Yet, after he repented, God forgave him. God said, He's a man after my own heart. Look at Saul. Saul persecuted the church, Saul imprisoned Christians, Saul killed Christians. But God got a hold of his life. Saul repented. He turned to God and God changed his name from Saul to Paul. And he became a mighty force for the church. He wrote most of the books of the New Testament in your Bible. All three of those experienced God's restoration. The God who said, I will restore that which the cankerworm, worm, the locust, has eaten. Nobody, and I might be talking to a soul here this morning, nobody is too far gone with God. No matter what you've done, God's grace is greater than all of your sin. No fault, no failure, no no thorn is so great that His love, His mercy, His grace for you is greater still. He still loves you. He has a great plan for your life. He has not run out of mercy. What's your part? Confess your sins. Confess your thorns. Confess your faults. Repent. And then receive God's grace. Receive His forgiveness. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It's one of my favorite verses because I need it so much. How about you? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If you've asked for God's forgiveness, receive it. God's forgiven you. Now here's the question. Will you forgive yourself? Will you forgive yourself This morning, your pastor speaks to your heart. There are some of you here this morning, you have not forgiven yourself from a fault, a failing, a thorn in your past. And I declare to you upon the authority of God's holy word, shake yourself out of that should have been, could have been, would have been mentality. Don't let the regrets of the past Don't let the regrets of yesterday destroy what God wants to do today in your life and in all of your tomorrows. And what does God want to restore in your life? What does He want to do for you? Isaiah 61 answers it. God wants to bestow on you a crown of beauty instead of ashes. He wants to give you an oil of joy instead of mourning. God wants to clothe you with a garment of praise instead of a spirit of depression, despair. Do you see what God wants to do in your life? But here's the key. Do you see where He says beauty for ashes? The key is this, you've got to let go of the ashes. You've got to let go of the thorns. Before God can give you the beauty, you've got to let go of the ashes. Before God can give you the the roses of life, you've got to let go of your thorns. Ashes represent what's left over after something's burned up. Failures, mistakes, faults. All of us have our share of them. But God wants to give you beauty for ashes. You can't hold on to the ashes and have the beauty at the same time. So stop letting the ashes of your life, stop letting the the thorns of your life become your identity. God wants to bring you beauty for ashes. He wants to bring you roses for your thorns.
2: helped all those people, but I lost a baby, and I'll never be able to have children again. How can God help me with something that he
3: doesn't even understand? Oh, but Sandra, the truth is God does understand. You know, every year at this time, I give myself the same Easter special arrangement to remind me of the greatest thorns of all, The crown of thorns, how God gave his son to die for us, for you, for me, so we might have his life. A crown of thorns. Yes. You know, it's time for my break. Would you like to have a cup of coffee and hear more about how the thorns became the crown? Sure, I'd like that. Awesome.
0: The crown of thorns. Think about it. The crown of thorns is a mystery. What motivated the Roman soldiers to do such a thing to our Jesus? Pilate ordered, Roman governor Pilate ordered the whipping of Jesus. Pilate, the Roman governor, ordered the crucifixion of Jesus. But no one ordered the crown of thorns. The crown of thorns, as you can see on the screen, the crown of thorns was made, scholars tell us, from the Quandol plant. The spikes on this plant are anywhere from an inch to an inch and a half long. And there's nothing more tender than the top of your head. Have you ever been in in your attic? Have you ever been in your garage attic? And burrowed one of those roof nails into the top of your head? It's terrible. So painful. Can you imagine what the crown of thorns must have felt like on the brow of Jesus? Ask you again, why did the soldiers take this extra step of torture? If they just wanted to mock Jesus, if they only wanted to humiliate Jesus, they could have put on his head a crown of straw, not thorns, whipping, a cross, crucifixion. These were not unique. There's no historical precedent for being tortured with a crown of thorns. You will never ever read in history where anyone was tortured with a crown of thorns. So why did they do it? That's the mystery. And more than that, why would God allow it? You see, everything surrounding The sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. All of it was planned by God. It was orchestrated by God. Nothing happened by complete coincidence or accident. Thorns. Yes. Thorns in the Bible are symbolic, not just of trials and faults, thorns are are, are symbolic of the curse of sin. Again, Genesis chapter 3, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, cursed is the ground for thy sake, thorns and thistles shall it bring forth. Paul adds a note to this in Galatians chapter 3, Christ redeemed us from what? The curse of the law by becoming what a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole or a tree the wages of sin is what death Jesus wore the crown of thorns on the cross The Bible never, ever says it was removed. So the crown of thorns upon Jesus, who was upon the cross, became a curse for all eternity. What does it all mean? This symbol of Christ with a curse on His head hung upon a pole which also symbolizes a curse. What does it mean? Do you realize that every year, the priest, the high priest of Israel, would take his hand and lay it upon the head of the sacrificial sheep or lamb. And the priest would invoke, he would impute, the sins of the entire nation of Israel. It was as though all the sins of Israel were placed upon that lamb. And then they would sacrifice, they would kill the lamb to pay the price for the sins of a nation. Thorns signify how God, thorns upon the head of Jesus The Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The thorns upon the head of Jesus symbolize the fact that God was imputing all the sins of the world, all the sins of the past, the present, the future. Your sins and my sins were placed upon Jesus. 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 says God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him, we might become the righteousness of God. Did you know that Jesus died twice on the cross? Jesus not only died physically, but when Jesus took upon Himself your sins and my sins, the world's sins, He died spiritually. He became separated from God. Because Jesus became sin for us. How do you explain that? Why would Jesus wear a crown of thorns for you and I? Why would Jesus wear your sins and my sins? Love? because He loves you so much, He knows right where you're at, He reads your mail, He knows more about you than you know about yourself. There are souls here this morning, you're hurting so much inside. He knows about it, and He reminds you that He already took that on the cross. He already paid the price for your hurt, your thorns, your sins. Those thorns stabbing into His brow should have been stabbing into our head. Good Friday is good because it's the day Jesus reversed the curse. That curse which should have been ours. It's the day that Jesus wore our crown.
7: The city was Jerusalem The time was long ago The people called him Jesus The crowd the love he showed Of the pain.
3: understands your hurt. He knows all about your thorns, your troubles, and the worst thorns of all, your sin. Isn't it time you let him heal your hurting heart? Isn't it time you let Jesus take your thorns and turn them into roses? Yes, I want that so badly. Will you pray for me? Of course. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you in my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. Make me a brand new person. Make me a brand new person. I love you Jesus. I love you Jesus. Amen.
2: Amen. Wow, I feel so much better. You know, forget the bouquet of roses. I want the Easter special. So so that I can tell everybody about the day he
3: wore my crown. Absolutely. And you know what? To celebrate your new person, this is on the house. (laughs) I am so happy for you. Thank you. You have a new life.
0: He wore your crown, the day He wore my crown, the day that He wore our sins. What's the worst thing that you've ever thought, said? What's the worst thing that you've ever done? Jesus wore it upon His head, symbolized by the crown of thorns at the cross. It was our sins that caused Him pain. But He did it because He loved you so much. He loves you so much right now. Is it a time you open your heart to Him? He wore your sins and my sins as a crown of thorns and then He died. But I want you to know, Satan doesn't care if you merely believe that Jesus is dead. If Jesus had merely died upon the cross, he'd be no different than any other religious fanatic. Christianity would have been a a passing trend. It would have been a passing fad. Here today and gone tomorrow. But the truth of the cross the cross of Calvary is this. It might be Friday, but Sunday's coming. Hallelujah. Some of you might be going through a Friday right now. Some of you might got a, you might have received a bad diagnosis from the doctor. you might have received a past due notice from a bill collector. You might have received uh, a, a divorce, uh, a paper uh, that is pointed in your direction. And I want you to know, it might be the Friday of your life, but Sunday is coming. That's what being a Christian is all about. You see, many have tried to conquer Jesus. But they have failed. Betrayal and denial couldn't conquer Christ. The religious leaders couldn't do it. The Romans couldn't kill Him. The demons and the devils of hell, even death couldn't conquer Jesus. Our thorns, uh, our thorns, the curse of sin couldn't conquer Christ. Jesus rose from the dead and he's alive forevermore. Give him praise, give him glory. The thorns could not keep him in the tomb. He was forsaken that you might be accepted. He took the curse of sin upon Himself and He gave us His righteousness. He died that you might live. Uh, He experienced hell on the cross that you might enjoy heaven for all eternity. He took our thorns and He gave us a rose. (laughs) This is my Jesus I'm preaching about. Your Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Only He, can give roses for the thorns of your life think about it the first time the first time the first time he came riding a donkey the next time he comes he'll be riding on a milk-white stallion thundering through the clouds the first time the first time he washed the feet uh, of his disciples next time all things will be under his feet the first time he was brought before Pilate He was hauled in before King Herod. The next time, Herod will bow. Pilate will bow. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ... Is Lord the first time he wore a crown of thorns? The next time, the next time upon his head will be many crowns. What a day! What a day that will be when our Jesus we shall see. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. Hallelujah! Give him all the praise, he's worthy of all the glory. Praise be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We love you, Jesus. We long for your return. Praise the Lord. Let's look now at what happened one year later.
7: I'm here
2: for my Easter special. A
3: dozen thorn stumps. Oh, you look wonderful. I take it you're still walking with the one? Yes, and I found a church, Lakeside
2: Assembly of God, and guess what? My husband got saved and committed his life to Christ, and that's not even the best part. Guess no. what? What? I'm having a baby. Wow! And a
7: son. <laughs> Hallelujah, God is so good.
6: forever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me how marvelous caught my falling soul. He looked beyond my faults and saw my
0: beyond our faults and this morning he sees our need as you look at your life this morning you might be saying all I have to offer all my life has become is a mess of thorns would you come and give him your thorns watch what he can do with them he can take your thorns and turn it into a rose only God can do that that's why we celebrate Easter he who wore your crown my crown of thorns has the power to change you rearrange you to heal your hurting heart to bless you in ways that you cannot even imagine all you have to do is give them your thorns this morning right now isn't it time that you really say yes to Jesus bow your heads with me Father. Father, I pray, come, come, sweet Holy Spirit. Come and minister even right now. Knock upon hearts' doors. Lord, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I pray, O Holy Spirit, that You would speak to our heart, reveal Your love to our heart. In the name of Jesus, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, And this morning, you're saying, I have nothing but thorns. Jesus, even right now, has a rose for you. I'm going to pray a prayer. A prayer of salvation. If you're not right with God, if you're not sure that heaven is your home, and you want to be sure, you want to be right with God, I'm going to pray a prayer of salvation. If you would like to be included in this prayer, a prayer that will change you in the here and now and change you in the hereafter. If you'd like to see your thorns changed into roses, if you'd like to be included in this prayer, As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just lift up your hand right now so that I can see it. Lift it up high so that I can see it even right now. God bless you, honey. I see that hand. God bless you, dear one. I see that hand. Yes, sir. I see that hand. God bless you. Three hands, four hands, five hands, six hands, seven hands, eight hands. God bless you. I see those. Nine hands up in the balcony. God bless you. God bless you. Ten hands. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. How many more? I'm looking up in the balcony on the main floor. Eleven hands. God bless you. Twelve hands. God bless you. Thirteen hands. Fourteen hands. Lift it up for Jesus. Amen. Fifteen hands. God bless you. How many more? How many more? Precious Jesus, I want to include you in this prayer. This prayer, if you put your heart into it, It's going to change you for all eternity. It'll give you roses in the here and now. Let's pray this prayer together. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And for those that have lifted up your hands, put your heart into what we're about to pray. I want you to repeat this prayer after me especially I want everyone to repeat this prayer out loud but you that have lifted up your hands especially make this prayer your prayer are you ready dear Jesus I come to you right now just as I am no excuses no defense I confess I am a sinner but Jesus You're my Savior. Save me from my sins. Save me from my thorns. Give me roses for my thorns. I believe you died for me, Jesus. And I believe you rose from the dead to give resurrection life. I want that life, Jesus. A new life. A changed life thank you Jesus for hearing me for changing me for giving me a home in heaven for giving me roses for my thorns in the name of Jesus I pray this Amen would you stand with me right now quietly 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 Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. This morning, we shared an illustrated message that equated, just as the Bible does, our thorns, our thorns, to be just like the troubles, the trials, the problems, the testing experiences that come into our lives. And again, I declare to you upon the authority of God's word for those of you that are going through some dark times, some troubled times. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Trust Him. Turn it over to Him. We're going to pray for you this morning. I'm going to open up the altar for those that are going through troubles. Be you saint or sinner, we're going to open up the altar for you and pray over you. We also said this morning that our thorns are our faults. Our mistakes are failings. Aren't you glad He looks beyond our faults and sees our need? Lastly, those thorns represent the greatest... Mess of thorns, ever the crown of thorns. Jesus, who became a curse for us, Jesus, who reversed our curse to give us eternal life, He bore our sins at the cross. This morning, 15, 15 people, heads were bowed and eyes were closed. They lifted up their hands and they prayed that prayer to make jesus their savior jesus the lover of their soul to have a home in heaven but i want to ask i want to invite you right now to have another opportunity to make a stand for jesus we're going to sing That chorus, Jesus, be Jesus in me. And when I open up the invitation, I'm going to ask that those who lifted up their hands for Jesus, as heads were bowed and eyes were closed, I'm going to give you another invitation. I'm going to challenge you to step out for God. I'm going to challenge you to come down here to this altar you won't be alone the elders will come when I give the invitation deacons pastors will come you won't be alone but 15 souls lifted up their hands as heads were bowed and eyes were closed and God heard your prayer God changed you you're born again you have a home in heaven but Jesus said this these are not my words If you will confess me before people, I will confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. But if you deny me before people, if you're ashamed of me, I will deny you before my Father, which is in heaven. Listen. It takes a real man, it takes a real woman to be a Christian. Christianity isn't for wimps or sissies, amen? It's about time we stand up and we're counted for Christ. It's about time that we mean serious business in being a Christian being a Christian means that you repent repent means that you stop doing what you've been doing it means more than being sorry for your sins, it means you make a complete turnaround and decide to follow Jesus no matter what, isn't it about time we stop worrying what people think and we start worrying about what God thinks, Amen? Praise the Lord Praise the Lord Amen Pastors, elders, deacons, are you ready? We're going to sing that chorus. Jesus, be Jesus in me. Fifteen people lifted up their hands. That's why I counted it out. You won't be alone. If you lifted up your hand, I want to invite you to join me right down here. I want to welcome you into the household of faith, the family of God. This is not about church membership. Amen? Are you ready? Jesus be Jesus in me.